Well, welcome back, everybody, to another fun uh, Gavin Lindy Rolex Whiskey Passion Project podcast. And today we've got kind of a legend, man. He just cruises around behind the scenes. I would say he's the whiskey seller store to the stars. Prov, I'd love you to introduce yourself, my friend. I'm so excited to have you on here today. Hey, Gavin. Thanks a lot for having me, man. It means a lot to me. Really appreciate it. So my name is Prof Saraf. My family has owned various wine and liquor shops in the city for the better part of almost three decades or so now that has ventured into most recently us launching our very own private spirits label and a few other kind of fun, uh, fun side projects as well. Tell me, and how long have you been in the family business? Bro, man, when you're an immigrant in this country, you grow up in the family business. Uh, hey, <laughs> uh, so, you, so, so you've been in there for a minute. And what yeah, was, yeah, exactly. let, let's let's go, bro. Let's go back to like early whiskey memories because you know I'm also an immigrant, born and raised in South Africa, and you come here, and I mean, they really, to me, I grew up on Scotch, and you know, it was the usual suspects, and there weren't many of them. It was like J and B, Johnny Walker Black. Uh, Johnny Walker Blue for special occasions. It was kind of like this mythical top shelf whiskey, a little bit of sh a lot of shivers, a couple of doers, a couple of random names. What did your early whiskey life look like? So I would say when we first started to really get into whiskey, Gavin was pre bourbon boom, like bottle yep. stuff. You name it, A.H. Hirsch, 16 year, all the one off Willets that, you know, are like the most sought after bullets these days, perfect uh, square, no chemists allowed, super seta, et cetera, et cetera, used to just sit on our shelves by the cases, all the different stitzel pappies, et cetera. We could just pick up the phone and order them from our distributor if and when we needed them. Uh, at that time, we were selling more kind of single malt scotch and blended scotch, like Johnny Walker Blue Label, for example, used to be like the, you know, in air quotes, high-end whiskey that people would yeah. come in <laughs> And I think it's, it's, I always laugh because Johnny was just Johnny Walker Blue for, I mean, almost anybody, I would say north of the age of 35, that was like premium whiskey. Oh, 100%. And then, and then, and then, like you said, like you've actually got all these bourbons just sitting there. Nobody really wants it. We're like single malt driven. Single malts are actually just starting. I mean, Dalmore is kind of someone that's coming outside of the box, McAllen outside of the box. And even those older McAllen 30 blue boxes and the 25s, like those also just sat really because what back then they were like, what, like $600. And like people were like, why would you spend $600 on whiskey? That's insane. Yeah, I'll tell you a fun story. You're talking about early whiskey memories with the uh, McAllen and particularly that blue box 30, which is one of the best McAllen <laughs> expressions, in my opinion, in the modern era. Um, I don't know if you remember the, the Lalique 50 year old that came out right around maybe 2000, 2001, if I remember correctly, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yep. And at that time, we had a bottle of that and we had it on our shelf for $6,000. Um, just to give you a little bit of uh, insight on it. That bottle is now on my shelf for $265,000. Anyway, so we had that bottle of Lalique 50 year for 6,000 bucks. We had a client that was potentially interested in it, but he just couldn't convince himself to pull the trigger on buying a $6,000 bottle. So I had to give him a 30 year blue box, which at that time exactly sold for $600 as a <laughs> gift to buy this Lalique at 6,000 bucks. And the crazy part is like, if you think about it back in those days, that person looking at that six thousand leak, he was going to open it and drink it. Oh, that I mean, guy, they weren't that collect, they weren't collecting. 
You know, no, no, no one was exactly collecting right. and all that's exactly right. They got drank that weekend. They had some sort of a function at their club or something, and they were <laughs> looking for a special bottle for it. I mean, I, I remember driving through, like, I don't know if it was Minneapolis or Minnesota in the back country, and I come across this, like, tiny little liquor store, and he's literally got just nothing but Macallan 25s and 30s just sitting there. And I said, who's buying these things in the middle of nowhere? And he's like, oh, around the corner is a country club where the whole Walton family are members, and they buy it from me, and then they pour it in the country club. And this is what it was like in the old They were drinking this stuff. And That's then maybe... Incredible. And then maybe, I mean, I've been, you know, you've been in it a lot longer than me. I've been in this in a a whopping eight years. But even eight years ago, you could walk into a store and actually buy a top shelf whiskey at, let's just, at a price range that wouldn't kill you with the intent of drinking, you know, $6,000, $7,000. Now, you know, at $256,000, it's a different game. Yeah, it's it's a it's a completely different game for sure. You're right. Most people are not opening things, especially in that price range anymore, just because most people can't afford to. I mean, I, I got into it with with a brand that you and I know very well the other day where I was, you know, I was asked to stop mentioning them as an investment whiskey. And I said, are you kidding me? The only time I ever see your bottles open is when you're pouring them for tasting. <laughs> Like, I don't see anyone. And this person was not happy with that comment. I'm like, I'm just being honest. Like, I, I, I'm i around a lot of circles, and I see a lot of open whiskey, and I never see your stuff open unless you're throwing an event and you're pouring out samples. Then, hey, everybody's there drinking it. But all of us are trying to buy it for an investment point of view because we can buy your stuff for four grand, and it can be the next day 20 grand, like almost instant, because of the spirits you're putting in. It's just what it is. Yeah, yeah. There's unfortunately so, far too many brands like that these days. Well, and, and I think it's these independent bottlers that sometimes just, you know, I, I personally, you know, you see me, I drink a lot of independent bottles because I can get a 27-year-old Jura for like a couple of hundred bucks, you know, seven, eight hundred bucks. I can get a Macallan 30, you know, for a thousand bucks. That was an independent, because back in the day, what people don't realize is nobody was buying these high-end whiskey. So all these big distilleries, that you see now that are popular and you can never get their stuff. They were just trying to get rid of these barrels a decade ago. Like somebody take these off my hands. Like we have no use for this thing. We don't want to bottle it. No one's going to buy it. And, and, you know, guys like black adder and Gordon McPhail, you know, and I mean, I can go on and on. There's a whole bunch of them that they were just buying these things and like, cool, we'll just add that and throw that in, in storage. No, it's definitely a different world now than it was eight to 10 and, you know, 15, 20, et cetera, years ago, for sure. So so when did you in the business start to see a shift? Like all of a sudden, you know, first of all, like you said, you've got this inventory of Stitzels and Willets and stuff that, you know, was just sitting there. And then all of it, because I remember the first time I noticed Willets and it, it was like right in my beginning, like eight years ago. And there was a gentleman here in San Diego who had bought a Hakushu 25, a Hakushu sherry cask, and a Yamazaki sherry cask off decanter, had two sips of it, and was like, cool, Gab, do you just want to buy these bottles for what I paid? Like, and I'll take out, I'll take 25% off. And this is <laughs> eight years ago. I mean, I think I picked up all three of those bottles for maybe like three and a half thousand dollars. Yeah, that's open, a half, bro. open, ready to drink. But this gentleman, he traveled around with an Excel spreadsheet in his car of all the different Willet releases and his whole house 
was like his whole bar was just will it will and i was like i don't even know what this stuff is i mean i hadn't even dabbled into bourbon yet you know i was like i come from scotch and then i tried japanese whiskey i tried that yamazaki sherry cask and i'm like these guys are doing something special i'm gonna believe that they didn't make a lot of it because nobody cares I'm going to start buying it and kind of stocking it away. And I would imagine for you guys as a store, you know, Suntory comes into America. They're like, hey, we got this Yamazaki 25, you know, and you're like, who's going to pay like $900 for like some Japanese whiskey? Yeah, we'll we'll take a couple, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I would imagine, right? Until 2017 when the Sherry Cast won the award and you're like, we'll take a few more if you have any lying around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To answer your question, I would say probably the shift happened if i had to take a guess i would say somewhere in the range of six to eight to ten years or so ago where you started to see it slowly go up right then it went from slowly to aggressively and then COVID happened and nothing made sense anymore just because money didn't make sense anymore i mean you look at that mictus 25 rye that you know we've both got to enjoy with mictus i yep. mean i traded 2200 dollars for the hibiki 30 for that got <laughs> you that i had two of them from narita and i was like eh like, and the guy was like, dude, I really want one. I found seven of these in Mexico City. And oh, I was like, then, and then I remember I was with Joe and his son, Matt. And I'm like, are these real? And I showed them the pictures. They're like, oh, yeah, the hologram sticker. Those are the ones from Mexico. Wow. I was like, hey, guy, I'll do that deal with you. And, and listen, I was thinking, like, turn 2200, like, maybe into six grand if I'm lucky. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. and that's another one that's just you know <laughs> insanity. Even the Mictus celebrations, if I think about like the those those red boxes, you know, used to just sit the two they just sat on the shelf. Who's going to spend three thousand dollars on a whiskey? No one, bro. And you could I mean, you, know. you could walk into a total wine back in the day and buy a celebration <laughs> right off their shelf whenever you wanted to. <laughs> and it's wild. So now, so now let's go into COVID because COVID was a really exciting time, and you obviously have quite the reputation and quite the collection. I mean, you are. Thank you. I mean, you. there's no joke. There's no joke what you guys have amassed and compiled and continue to compile. I mean, there's really, I, I don't know if there's anyone that's comparable to what you do in the United States, let alone anywhere else that I've seen yet. Thank um, you. That means a lot so, to me. That's very high praise. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, it, it's mind-blowing your selection and your curation you know, you and me have had side chats. I mean, you know, my admiration and and my like, man, I'd love to open the West Coast department of, of what you guys do. You know, <laughs> but but I look at it and I'm like, so now you have this point where do you as a, as a business say, hey, everything's for sale or we're going to we're going to put some stuff away because like we're not quite ready to part with it. Everything is always available for sale, Gavin, because I'm always the firm believer of because of the network that we've built and how long we've been doing this, I can replace almost anything. It might cost me a lot more to replace today than it did, you know, a year ago or 10 years ago when I bought it. Mm -hmm. But if and when I replace it, all that does is then my selling price, unfortunately, goes up because my yeah. price of my bottles is solely based on my cost of acquisition and the de demand and supply of it at that time. Right. So everything is always available for sale. Uh, COVID happened and it just like everything went bonkers. We literally on certain stupid, silly little things like random bottles of E.H. Taylor, for example, we could not raise the price fast enough. I would buy like, yeah. for example, we had, you know, the uh, Tornado Survivor Warehouse C from E.H. Taylor. Yes. We had it on yep. our shelf for 2000 bucks and we have, let's say, four bottles on the shelf. Next thing I know, I'd wake up the next morning and we sold three of them on our website. Say, okay, great. I've got to replace them. You go to replace them and they cost like, let's say 1800 or whatever, right? 
So I go, okay, yeah. the 1800 now, we might have to go to 23 or 2400 instead of 2000. So we would raise the price. A week later, or sometimes three days later, or whatever, we would sell the next four. And then you go, oh, okay, well, I got to replace them. Now they're $3,000 to replace. And this was happening on a regular basis where we were trying to just keep up with the price increases and sometimes selling things at almost below what our cost of acquisition was because we couldn't raise the price fast enough or because we didn't realize, you know, hey, this went up overnight and we had no clue. Well, and, and that was a common thing because, you know, obviously your the website and everything is a big part of the business and getting those prices accurate is a big part of the game. I yes, mean, it has definitely. to be. And and know, and knowing it, you know, and knowing what's, hey, this is happening. I mean, E.H. Taylor is mind-blowing because literally, you know, three years ago, I mean, you could walk into a store and they wouldn't even put them on the shelf. In San Diego, the the, the barrel-proof ones would be on the floor because they got so many of them. Yeah, and yeah. I know, here's like four cases. Like the guy's like, dude, I can put like six on the shelf. Like just throw it on the floor along with everything else that got delivered today. Yes. That's you know? exactly. And and now and now people are fighting for the stuff. And, you know, I, I recently was lucky on my last Kentucky trip. I went to Buffalo Trace for the first time, which blew my mind that, you know, that whole establishment was built in the 1800s. That was yeah. just a mind blow. But I sat with Harlan and we did the 2022 BTAC together. And we were just talking about like how they really haven't raised their costs yet. Secondary is like out of control. Oh, you know, yeah, and I'm like, absolutely. and I always, and I always look at this and I look at that three tier system and I'm like, I mean, because you, you know, you you said a few sec a few minutes ago about like I had to replace, you know, uh, uh, because you guys are such a huge buyer. Do the distributors leave you alone and not play silly games, or are they starting to get a little bit ballsy even with you? Uh, fantastic question. So we're actually very lucky in DC where we have the law that allows us to buy from secondary and resell yeah. the products. No matter how much product, especially when we're talking about the, you know, BTAX, the Van Winkles, et cetera, things of that, EH Taylors, things of that nature, no matter how much the distributor would give you, if you're a good account, it's not enough. Like hypothetically speaking, no. distributor could walk in tomorrow and be like, hey, Prav, I'm going to give you 60 cases of uh, I'm going to give you 60 cases of uh, whatever, Pappy Van Winkle, 20 year old. And I would be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Thank you so much. In the back of my mind, I know that's not nearly enough. Right. So it's like, OK, thanks a lot. But thanks for nothing, really, because it doesn't mean anything because it's not enough for me. No, I mean, and that's the thing. But at least you get like a, the reason why I ask that is your cogs are your 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 cost basis is a little lower if you're able to buy it get Correct. the distributors to at least give you an allocation, you know, because, Correct. you know, with my investment, obviously I'm always dollar cost averaging like, Hey, yes, this one cost me a little bit more, but that one didn't cost me anything. You know, like where's, where's my happy medium. I mean, I'm looking at now Q1 and I'm being real hesitant on what I'm buying. Cause I feel like we're going to get a little bit of a dip in the market and I would rather just have the cash to go pick up more stuff. Yeah. So let me keep spending and buying stuff right now. Yeah, let me address both of those because they're both actually very good, very cool, interesting talking points. So what we do, Gavin, uh, to your point, we do get bottles from distro, right? Obviously, everybody does, but it's never enough, mm -hmm. like I said. So what we do with the bottles that we get from distro is we always give them out at a very fair price, as close to MSRP as possible, to our top buyers. For example, last year, if I would have... Uh... Let's say, for example, last year, if I would have got, let's say, 12 bottles of Van Winkle from Distro or whatever, I will call my 12 top spenders 
and say, okay, I can get you a bottle of eggs and it'll be at, you know, bottle of Pappy 20, for example, in December, I gave it to the guys for 300 bucks and get you a bottle of Pappy yep. 20 for $300. I can get you one. If you want it, great. It's yours. If you don't, no problem. I'm calling the next guy on the list. And that's what we do with our allocated stuff that we get from distro. And then the things with, that we're replacing from secondary, those go on our regular shelf and our regular website. And then they're at a much higher price because our cost is much higher. This is our only way, in my opinion, to take care of the people that are good to us all year. I love that. I mean, that's that's good old fashioned customer service that just people don't do anymore. Everyone's like, I, I mean, this explains why you guys are who you are. I mean, that is that's just amazing customer service. And Thanks, obviously buddy. that equals customer attention. I mean, that I didn't know. I mean, that to me, wow. I mean, hey, listen, this is what we learn. And this is what this explains why you guys have built this business, because you have to take care of the people. I always tell people it's like, you know, people are like, oh, why do you, you know, talk about certain brands and not others? I'm like, I'll talk about any brand that I'm educated on. I don't just yeah, talk yeah. about brands that like blow me up and be like, hey. I'd love you to talk about it. I'm like, for what? Like, I don't know anything about you. As far as I know, you could be a marketing company that started last week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. You know? and, 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 I, and I love, and I love, I mean, you go to Kentucky. I mean, I love, you know, and that's the bourbon side of it, obviously. I mean, I love the behind the scenes and, and just hearing the history and hearing like how nobody wanted it. Yeah, really? Yeah. It's like <laughs> nobody, nobody wanted it. And now it's like, you can't keep it on your shelf enough. No, that's exactly right. You... Uh, and I mean, for you, so like, now... for us, it's a customer service thing. For us, it's only like we try to do good by people that are good to us. At the same time, we get the backlash of the people that see it on the shelf for 3000 bucks and go, oh, my God, that's ludicrous. That's a $300 bottle. And we tell people the same thing all the time. No problem. You produce it to me for 280 or less, and I yep. will sell it to you at 300 No problem. I won't even blink. But if I'm buying it for twenty six hundred bucks, it doesn't really make sense for me to sell it for three hundred because that's not how business works. No, I mean you also I, those people make me laugh because you know the reality is it's everything is worth what someone is willing to pay for it. Always. That's just the bottom line, you know. And and that's and 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 oh, uh, you should be taking care. Like no one's here to take care of you. Take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, like, like that, that's, a, you know, I, I get that all the time. Like, oh, can you get me one of those as well? Yeah, get, I'm sure I'm just going to go run over and use that relationship where I get one bottle and ask for two for you. Be great. Sounds like yeah. a great idea. Um, let's, let's that. talk about, that. let's talk about that, your line of bourbon that you just came out with. Yeah. That, let's and that, that whole experience. Uh, so it's been a ton of fun so far. It's been a lot of learnings about three, four years ago or so. My pop, well, actually, let's go back further than that. About eight or 10 years ago or so, my pops, who is, you know, business partner, business mentor, started everything, uh -huh. businessman I know, et cetera, et cetera, kept on telling me for years that, like, we need to have our own line. We need to leave a legacy behind when we're done. We need to have our own line. And I would just keep brushing it off, like, yeah, dad, we're busy. Yeah, dad, we're busy. We'll look at it. We'll look at it. Then, start of COVID, I started to pay attention to what he wanted to do, just was like, okay, let's now take a look at it. And that's when we started everything for the line. The line is called Dream Spirits. Uh, we have now done five single barrels. All have been received extremely well. Three bourbons and two rise is what we've released so far. And then actually, here's an exclusive for you. We're getting ready mm -hmm. to release our first ever small batch blended that I blended. Um, you got a sample of that in the mail a few days ago. Uh, so yeah. that is a blend of a six-year MGP high rye bourbon, 95% uh, of that 
blend is that? And then the other 5% is made up of 16-year Dickel bourbon. And that's a blend that I'm proud of. Uh, we bottled it at 100 proof. And then we bottled a very small amount at cast strength as well. Then there's going to be a follow-up project to that blend that I'll share. You know, and you know, you just said those time. dirty words to me. You just said the dirty words, cast strength. So you know uh, I need to yeah. try that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there really is nothing more special to me than that level where it's just, I mean, I don't know. It's just to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. So I've got a very, very, very small amount. And I mean, literally a very small <laughs> amount of it that we bottled at cast strength to share with, you know, friends and also i want to keep some from the library right and then friends and family yeah. and really really good customers they should be able to have access to things that are really cool so i'll make sure that we can find a way to get you a bottle of that as well don't worry about that buddy i'd love you love you for that please so I'm okay good. so go on so you so so now you start so now i mean and it's being well received you've priced it pretty you've priced it decently i mean as far as i'm concerned like you're you're really you, you're creating a little bit of, sh of a shift with this, I think you and guys like Pablo are doing the same things in that, in that idea. Like, hey, we can kind of like we can we can dress bourbon differently. Yeah, it doesn't our, have to be like some fancy, like mega production. It can be intimate and special and unique and powerful. Yeah, thanks, man. So our goal, in all honesty, with it is to be as transparent as possible as far as what's in there, because I can't stand when I pick up a label and I don't know what's in there. So we want to be as yep. transparent as possible as far as what we're putting in there. And then our thought process is that our cost is lower because we own the barrels, right? So when mm -hmm. we own the barrels and then we're paying someone to get them bottled for us, our general cost is a lot lower. So why not pass on those savings to the customers? Uh, to your point, like, for example, we released uh, last week... Uh, a nine-year single-barrel cast strength MGP straight bourbon, and it went out at 130 bucks, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, we did a six-year uh, rye at 50 bucks. We did a seven-year Kentucky straight bourbon at 100 bucks. Our small batch that's getting ready to come out, which again is six-year and 16-year blended, is going to go out at 80 bucks for the uh, 100 proof. We try to keep the pricing extremely fair, where the consumer can get not only a good product but also one that speaks value as well to them. Well, and, and, and I look at that and I go, you're putting your seal on it. This is not just some like, hey, I want to get something. I tell people because people are like, well, what do you drink when you're not drinking F.U. whiskeys? I'm like, dude, the amount of time I drink F.U. whiskeys is very small. Just remember that represents money to me. And yes, sure. I have some open, but like I like to enjoy something that honestly just has character to it. You yeah. know, and has a little bit of a story and it's not like some mass produced shit that I just I know that exists on the shelf. So like what you're making is right up my alley, yeah, you know, that's like that's, what, uh, you know, and, and, and I look at it and it's like, hey, you know, people come around to the house because, you know, you know, I get people who come around to my house sometimes and I'm like, they're like, oh, you know, we should open that. Oh, like, what's that one? I'm like, I don't know. You want to hand me five grand? I'll open it. And they're like, whoa. I'm like, yeah, like, the, like you know, <laughs> you know, I'm like, the, here's the 200 bottles that are open. You can enjoy it over there. But don't what are you looking at that for? Come on, be reality guy. <laughs> yeah, I love and I love that you said that, you know, it speaks to you because our goal, again, to make a whiskey that speaks to either somebody who's a, to everybody, somebody who's a whiskey novice just recently got into it or somebody who's like a whiskey nerd like you and I are, right? Like there should be something for everyone and that's the goal. And the goal I think can be achieved by giving them a quality product, something that, you know, I'm very proud of because it's got my name on it, my family's name on it. You know, we firmly stand behind it. And also it's going to deliver a ton of value to them. I, I mean, I think that's, I, I love the whole direction of that. 
and because because to be honest, like the mainstream brands, I buy the, I buy their high end for my investment. I might open one here or now, but like not very often. Those just go into storage, and their everyday stuff just doesn't excite me. It just doesn't. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. So, like for me, what 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 you're doing is is speaking to me because that's what I enjoy drinking. Now, tell me, let's go into let's go into let's go into amazing whiskey experiences because I know you've had a few. Can you can you slim it down to your top three whiskey experiences that you've done so far to date? <laughs> oh man, I don't think so. To be very honest, I know there's so many. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you, I had one where we did an event for a client in Los Angeles back when George W. Bush was in office, um, and we did a private event for them in their residence, and we opened up that night, opened a McAllen Lalique 50, 55, 57, and 60, and tasted all of them in a vertical. That's definitely <laughs> like up there, because just dollar-wise alone. And the- oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that one definitely <laughs> jumps out like immediately uh aside from yeah. that, so many others like i mean a lot of my whiskey experiences bro to be very honest with you are just memories with either friends that are in the industry or friends that are just fans of the industry uh i mean you know this you know it's no secret to you like all the people in this industry are so hospitable you go to these distilleries mm-hmm. for breaks or for visits and so many of them make you feel right at home you know like from the early days back like back in the day before anybody knew what barrel picks where we were doing this stuff at smooth ambler and those guys always treated us like family fast forward to now and it's like you know when west was at angel Senvi, i felt like family every time i went there christian and ted and all the guys at uh starlight andrew and scott and all of them they treat you like your family every single time you go it just feels oh, like oh man starlight feels- starlight oh. Chris, christian to me you know i told him you know they're the, they're the netflix you know, like the existing the, the existing uh, bourbon market, sometimes I feel like is blockbuster, and what they're doing down there is Netflix. I mean, yeah, the yeah. passion, it's That's nuts. Exactly but it. you know, him and Blake's passion, like Christian and I, will just literally walk around with one of those thieves and just walk around and just try everything, and and we just geek out, and oh, then we'll get on the Raptor and go around the farm and pick fruit from the trees, and then go have lunch and like wrap it up in a day. And I mean. I, I've got so much love and admiration for that family and what they're doing down there. I mean, that is next level. And that's like that's like as raw and as old school as I ever get to see. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And you should ask them if, if and when you talk to them next. We literally helped kind of blow their barrel program up. And they'll tell you this. Like we went there when we. Oh, I see your name on there. Come on. When I'm down there, I always send you pictures. I see your name on all the damn barrels down there. (laughs) We walked in for the first time when I went to go visit them. And it was just supposed to be a farm visit. And that's it. Right. We walked out with, I forget if it was four barrels or five barrels. And not only that, like we ended up like pimping their stuff so hard because I just fell in love with it. I didn't like. Like it was, there wasn't any marketing play or anything for me or for no. We just genuinely fell in love with them, their process, the way they treat people, everything. And then, like literally, the following week, they were like, "Our phone is blowing up with people that want to do barrel picks." What did you do? It was amazing, man. And it's been so much fun to see what they're doing because I totally agree with you. They're the future. Like what they're doing in finished whiskey, I think it's like them and Angels Envy. And I'm not 100% sure it's anybody else that's in the same category for doing like really, really cool stuff for finished whiskey as much as those two guys are. Yeah, I mean, you know, and their pedigree and their love. I mean, they work six, seven days a week. They love it. They get up, they get in there. I mean, I just, yeah, 
I, 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 Christian's coming on the show. Christian's on the show next week, and and he's just you know I, I like just oh, yeah, the best of times. Every yeah, time 100%. I'm with him, every single time, the best of times. Have a ton of fun. You already know this when you're going to be with them. It's a passion project for them, and you can tell just like what yeah. you're doing now is a passion project for you. Just like yeah. what I do is a passion project for me. It just happens to make us money. That's fine, but it genuinely is a passion project. I tell people all the time, I would do what I do for a third of the money I make or a quarter of the money I make. I would still do it because I love it. It's just so much fun. I mean, I tell people like to me, it's all about the experiences. I already figured out, you know, the money was was a thing. It's the kids college fund. It is what it is. Like, I'm good on that. You know, yeah. so I, to me, it's like I've always been really focused. I was like, OK, I can do it. You know, I, I the money side, but the experiences I get to have are insane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Rob, anything else you got fun going on? We're going to wrap uh... it up. There's always a lot of fun stuff happening, brother, to be very honest with you. You know, we're doing a ton of barrel picks, which we love. We're doing, we're trying to grow this year. I'm going to really put a lot of my focus into dream spirits. We just finished our own proprietary recipe for a gin that we're getting ready to distill and have it out by the spring. Uh, the same goes for a vodka that we're getting ready to release by the spring. My goal in all honesty is right now we just have dream spirits being sold at our store and our website, but my goal is by the summer to have it out in other States. And if I fall short of that, then I'll be disappointed in myself. And then starting next year, we can then talk about like, you know, more states and potentially other countries and all these things. I would love nothing more than my kids to be over 21 at some point, walk into a random liquor store for whatever, <laughs> and see dream spirits on the shelf at, at a store that has, you know, nothing to do with us. Just some random store has either a floor stack of dream spirits or bottles on the shelf and they see it and go, oh, that's my dad's bottle. That is like the ultimate goal for me, man. Well, I know you're going to do it. I have no doubt about that. And yeah, anything thanks, I can brother. do to help, because, you know, anything I can do to help, you know, you know, I've got you. I know. I can't, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough for coming on today, my friend. I, I'm glad we finally pulled it off. I mean, people, if you ever want to see something special, you got to get down to D.C. I mean, this is it's no joke. Bro, what's the what's the what's the URL for the websites for both of them? Yeah. Or is every, Dream, Dreams is on there. Yeah, so dream is dreamspiritsdc.com. That's the website. And then for the DuPont stuff, it's either pstreetwines.com for the website, or what's really fun is our Instagram, which I should probably post more on. <laughs> yes. Uh, that is at West DuPont Wine. So if you guys check those out, and if anybody has any questions, you know, feel free to reach out. Send me a DM on Instagram uh, at West DuPont Wines, and I'll happily circle back. Gavin, thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot for having me, man. It's such an honor. It's actually great to be able to, you know, just sit down and kick it with you. Uh, I appreciate you giving me kind of, you know, your time and sharing your passion and giving me this platform to kind of share a little bit of our story, dude. It means a lot to me. Well, I got a lot of love and respect, and you know that, my friend. Well, I appreciate you. No, thank you. Everyone, take a look at take a look at all of of Prov Social. Go take a look there. Definitely try pick up a bottle of the Dream Spirits, whatever he has left over. I don't think you'll have much, but there there'll be more coming. Uh, Prov, I definitely if you if you can get me a sniff of the cast strength. Uh, you know, I'm not drinking as much as I used to. I had a pretty crazy experience in Kentucky last time where I th just drank. <laughs> I literally drank too much cast strength whiskey. I thought I broke something. Uh, you'll, be, like you'll be fine brother nothing <laughs> nothing's getting broken anytime soon <laughs> oh man anyway brother i appreciate you and we'll definitely chat soon i look forward to it, brother have a good one and enjoy man keep living the dream brother thank you